0: Welcome to Second Chance Church with Pastor Derek Aldridge. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. God is good and he's worthy to be praised. Come on, clap those hands, everybody.
1: Welcome everyone to Second Chance Church. God bless you today. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We're just glad to have you to come into our church home today. God is awesome and we got to remember the Lord gives and the, the Lord takes away. We're just so glad to have you. Make sure you share with somebody this morning. I just I have a few announcements to make this morning. Um, I wanna thank everybody from Second Chance Church that was involved in helping with the home going of Mother Alice Wilson on yesterday. I just thank God for my church family and how we work together in times of crisis, and times of situations like that. We thank each and every one of you for whatever part you play. Uh, We also wanna make sure we pray for the Wilson and the Burrell family today. Um, Mother was a wonderful person, and and we just thank God for her and her life and us being a part of her life. We also want to pray for uh, Sister Lisa Stewart and her entire family and the the loss of her father um, this past week, and we want her to know that we're praying and lifting her up. We also want to lift up those that are sick and those that are not feeling well right now, Um, We're praying for you. Make sure those of you that are live streaming, you know, just reach out and and pray for everyone that's going through right now. We thank God that last Sunday, Brother Freddie Blanks joined our church family, and we're grateful for that today. And he's here again today. And that's just an awesome thing when somebody gives their life to the Lord. So we are grateful for that today. Um, Don't forget, we still do the food drives on Tuesday starting at about nine o'clock on Tuesday morning. So you can come out and pick up your produce or whatever that the we might have. One of the important things that we need for everyone to do is to remember that we're getting ready to go into a season where we need to get out and exercise our rights to vote. Um, so we need all of you, any of you that do not have your applications, you can still apply to get an absentee ap- application. And we need to make sure that each and every one of us vote on November the 3rd. God bless you. We thank God for you. We're going to bring uh, the minister of music back. And then we're going to go right into the message. Amen. Amen. He is. Every day he wakes us up, we need to think about him being wonderful. Well, we're moving right on through the book of Jonah. And I'm excited about the fact that we started at the first chapter and now we're in the third chapter. So we're teaching from Jonah. Chapter three, verses five through 10. This is Jonah part 11. Bible says the Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal clothes, royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh by the decree that kings and his nobles, he said, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. The king says, who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. Bible says when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. I want to talk about God will change his mind. God will change his mind. Shall we pray, Father God, we thank you for your goodness and mercy today. We thank you for your power and your presence. We thank you for those that are live streaming in. We thank you for those that are sitting here worshiping with us today. Lord, we ask you to bless us and continue to strengthen us. We thank you for those that You have kept safe during this COVID virus. And we thank you for those that you've healed. Those that you've delivered. Those that you've set free. We're looking right now out in the world today. And we can all admit that you are a compassionate God. Lord, we bless your name today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say amen. Amen. The book of Jonah is only four chapters with 48 verses. It's very small, but it shares a, a whole lot of information for us to live by. Chapter one dealt with Jonah disobeying God. Chapter two dealt with Jonah praying to God. And chapter three deals with Jonah obeying God. Once you've given your life to Christ, then God will give you assignments for kingdom building. And God will never forget or give up on what he asks you to do. Even though we try and run from him, even though we try to hide from him, God is always in control And in the end you'll find yourself running back to God After you ran away from God Saying Lord let your will be done in my life And I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made I've messed up and I've tried other things I've tried gambling and that did not work I've tried drinking and that did not work I tried running and that did not work I tried laying and playing and that did not satisfy me So now, Lord, I'm running back to you. So don't waste time disobeying God because he'll get you coming or he'll get you going. All God wanted Jonah to do is go to Nineveh and preach judgment. And if you've been listening to this series, you know that the Nineveh Knights were some low-down, dirty people. Nineveh was called the City of Blood. They worship idol gods, murderers, liars, robbers, prostitution was big business in Nineveh. If you read the book of Nahum, it describes the people of Nineveh. When you read Nahum, you'll understand why Jonah did not want to go. But it's amazing what God can do through one person's obedience. God took Jonah and he took him through a series of storms just to get his attention. And when God got through with Jonah, he cleaned him up And he sent him on down to Nineveh. And now in chapter 3, verses 5, they say the Ninevites believed God. And they didn't have to go through what Jonah went through. It says that they believed God. This whole movement is about God. It's not about a preacher. It's not about a deacon. It's not about a church. It's about God. I hear people say, I invited my friend to come to church, but they won't come. Well, my suggestion is don't try to get them to church first. Try to get them to Jesus because some people have had bad experiences in church. They might have been cussed out or told off, told off, told where to sit, put out, and they don't want to have anything else to do with church and church folks. But if you get them to Jesus and you let Jesus work on them, they will show up at church because they'll be excited about seeing Jesus. The text says in verse 5 that the Ninevites believed God and they declared a fast. I want you to know whenever you are saved, your priorities change. The things that you used to love, you might still love them, but you don't do what you used to do. The first thing the people of Nineveh did when they believed God is they fasted. They pushed back from the table. They stopped doing the thing that all of us love to do which is eat. So fasting is a sacrifice or giving up of something that you love to do. Sometimes you have to move stuff out of your way, some of the stuff you love the most, so you'll be able to focus on God. The text says the Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on a sackcloth. A sackcloth is a type of garment that was made from goat or camel hair. It was a garment that was saying that you were mourning for your sins. It was a garment that said it was a time to mourn. The characteristics of a person repenting is that you become godly sorry of the sins that you've committed. So by the Ninevites putting on sackcloths and fasting, they were saying to God, we're sorry for our sins. We're sorry for the people that we've murdered. We're sorry for the way we've lived. So when Jonah began to lift up the name of Jesus, the word began to reach everybody. And in verse six, it says that the news reached the key. The word does not care who you are. The word will work on anybody. You're never beyond, you're never beyond the reach of God. The Bible says the news reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, took off his royal clothes, covered himself with sackcloth. Three things happened to the king. Number one, when the word came to him, he changed his dress. If the word does not do anything else, the word ought to change your dress. Our dress ought to tell people who we are. Some of the clothes we wear represent the world. Some of our young men wear too many baggy pants. Some of the clothes our young ladies wear represent the world. Your dress ought to tell others that you've been born again. People ought to be able to look at you and tell that the Lord has laid his hands on you. Oh, we have to, sometimes we have to make sure that we are the light that shines in this world. And it ought to shine everywhere you go. The Bible says the king changed his dress. He put on a sackcloth. Then it says that he sat in dust or ashes. He changed his seat. The sitting in ashes or dust represented that the king was saying to God, I'm the king with the little K. He changed his dress, but then he also changed his seat. And he placed God on his throne. He made God the head of his life. When you're saved, when God gives you a second chance, you have to be careful about where you sit. Because people will judge you by the company you keep. You have to be careful about whose seat you sit in. He changed his garments and he changed his seat. The Bible says after the king humbled himself, he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. The king changed his clothes, the king changed his seat, and now the king changes the law. The Bible says in the seventh verse, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. The king is saying, since I'm the king and I'm in charge and I have your best interests at heart, I want everybody to know who this God is. The king says, I decree that we all worship this God. The king made a decree for all the people of Nineveh. He changed the law. You know, I wonder sometimes about our government and how they pass laws that really don't help us. How can we eliminate drinking and driving and then we pass laws to allow young people to drink at an early age? There's something different about our society here today. We seem confused. How can we talk to our children and young people about living holy lives and lifestyles and everything that they can watch on the iPad and everything they can watch on the TV is unholy? You, you, you can't preach one thing and teach another thing. Yes, sir. If we want crime to be eliminated, then we need to pass laws that does, not, that, that does what it takes to get rid of crime. Yes, sir. And then we as Christians have to stop supporting crime. If we want to live a holy life, then we have to apply the Bible, the Word of God, to our lives. We can't preach one thing and live another way. See, most of us support our local thieves. Most of us will buy something hot in a minute. I I hope I got some help in here. Sitting at home with that hot flat screen TV on your shelf, with them hot gold chains around your neck, with that hot weave you're wearing in your hair. Oh my goodness, I know I'm talking about somebody. We'll buy illegal, foods. We'll buy illegal food stamps or make a buck. We'll claim children that we don't even own on our taxes. We can't preach one way and live another way. The text says, then the king issued a proclamation in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything Do do not let them eat or drink. In other words, none of the animals could eat or drink. So what the king is saying is that I want everybody in Nineveh to honor God. That meant that nobody would be listening to B.B. King or Bobby Blue Brand on that day. Nobody would be listening to any kind of music on that day. iPhones and cell phones would be turned off. McDonald's and Burger King wouldn't be selling hamburgers that day. The talk shows and the reality shows would not be on that day. The CNN and Fox News would not be talking about anybody that day. I think we as Christians, some days like in this season right now, it seems like we give the devil too much attention. What is we as Christians all across this world took a day where we fast? and we prayed and we didn't buy anything and we didn't watch anything. What an impact it would have on the economy in this world. Every now and then we have to take a stand as Christians for what is right and not listen to everything that the world has for us. The Bible says, but let men and beasts be covered with sackcloths. He said, put your morning clothes on, your animals." Then it says, let everyone call urgently urgently, urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. In other words, when you get from praying, don't get up and do what you've been doing. In other words, don't get back up and go get your bottle and finish it. But he says, turn. He says, you have to change your address. He says, you got to move from where you were. It didn't just say the preacher or the deacon. It says, let everyone See, some of you think the only one that's supposed to be holy is the preacher. The text says, let everyone give up their evil ways and their violence. What this means is that when you repent, you have to turn from the stuff that you know you've been doing wrong. You have to make up your mind that you're going to live for the Lord. Verse nine says, who knows? The king is still talking. God may yet relent and with compassion. Turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. Verse 10 says when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Now in Jonah 3 and 4 Jonah preached to the Ninevites and in 40 days you're going you're to die. Jonah preached judgment against the Ninevites. But the text says because of their repentance, that God had compassion and did not bring destruction on them. God changed his mind. As I want you to know, I, I want you to, as I close, I want you to know that God is a, a compassionate God. God always gives us a, a way out. You remember in the book of Isaiah, chapter 38, the Bible says that Hezekiah was sick unto death. The Bible says that the Lord sent Isaiah to Hezekiah's house, and they said, "Tell Hezekiah that he's going to die." And Isaiah told Hezekiah what the Lord had said. The Bible says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to God, and he said, "Now, Lord, remember that I walked before you faithfully. I tried to live a life that was pleasing in your sight." And I have some more things that I need to do. The Bible says that Hezekiah got off his knees. And the Bible says that before Isaiah had gotten far from the house, the Lord told Isaiah to go back and tell Hezekiah that I've heard your prayers and seen your tears. And I'll add 15 more years to your life and deliver you. And what I'm trying to say to you here today, this live streaming, that that even though God had told Jonah to tell them they had 40 days, The Lord watches how we react in situations. God saw the Ninevites humble themselves and fast and change their ways. You see, the Lord reacts to the way we act. Verse 10 says that God had compassion and did not kill them. When God saw the Ninevites coming down the aisle, giving Jonah their hand, Saying, Jonah, I know that I'm wrong. Jonah, I know that I made a mistake. God will give you <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, another chance. Yeah. I'm going to live a life, and when God gives me another chance, I'm going to a, live a life that's pleasing in the sight of God. The Bible says that God had compassion on them. And I just want you to tell you that if, if I don't know where your relationship with God is today, But I'm a witness that he'll have compassion on you, that his mercy endures forever. So the Lord is saying to you today that you have a chance right now, right now today to get your house in order. God is saying all you have to do is give me your heart today. He says if you give me your heart, I'll live condemnation and you can live a holy and a righteous life. I've got to close now, but in Luke the 11 chapter in the 21st verse, Jesus is speaking to the disbelievers that were questioning him because he had driven a demon out of a man who could not talk. And they asked Jesus, did he represent the devil? And Jesus tells them in verse 29 that this is a wicked generation. And like the generation of the Ninevites, and like the generation here living in America and in this world, God gave them Jonah as a sign that he was a compassionate God. And then Jesus says, I will be the sign for this generation that God is still a compassionate God. You see, the people of Nineveh didn't know any; They didn't know nothing to go. They didn't have anything to go on. But Jonah sermon, Nineveh didn't have Bible. They didn't have other saints around to talk about the goodness of God. They just had one preacher with one sermon. Well, we got more Jonah's. We got more Jonah's in here today. We, number one, we've got the word of God out there. Number two, we've got the presence of the Holy Spirit. Number three, wherever you live in, Jesus is in your house right now. Yeah. Number four, every one of us have a testimony. You see, Jonah was limited. But Luke says that the one that is greater than Jonah is here. That's all I've got to say. I'm closing. Out on a hill called Calvary, the one greater than Jonah went to Calvary's cross. Jonah just preached, you're all going to die. But Jesus said, let me show you how it's done. Let me show you how much God loves you. He let them put nails in his hands. He let them put spikes in his feet. He let them spear him in the side. Somebody said, why are you dying, Jesus? Jesus says, I'm dying that you might live. The testimony is that he died. Oh, oh, I'm telling you, he died. But I thank God for Sunday morning. He died on a Friday night, but I thank God for Sunday morning. He got up out of the grave and he raised his hand and he told the whole world, I got power, power to save Power to heal, power to cast out demons, power to give sight to the blind, power to make the lame walk and the, and the dumb to talk, power. Does anybody know he's got power? And because he's got power, I got power. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow, because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth living just because he lives. Anybody in here knowing? Anybody listening know him? He gets in me, he gets on me, he puts joy, joy down in my soul. And I'm so glad that somebody told me about Jesus. I'm so glad that I came to Jesus. Just as I was, I was weary, wounded, and sad, but I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Excuse me right now, but he's a mighty good God. Won't he get a hold of Him? I'm so glad that he changed his mind. I could have been dead. Matter of fact, I should have been dead. Matter of fact, a lot of them counted me out. They said I wouldn't make it. But the God I serve had compassion on me. And when you repent, we're converted from a life of sin to a life of righteousness. When you repent, you resent from a carnal mind to a spiritual mind. When you repent, you you go from a mind conformed to this world to a mind transformed by the power of God. From condemnation of death and hell to eternal life. So I want to just tell him, thank you for having mercy on me. Is there anybody grateful today that he had mercy on you? Then you ought to show him some gratitude by at least giving him some praise. And telling him thank you. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. But I thank God that he had compassion and mercy on us. Thank you Lord. For your mercy. For your goodness. For your grace. For looking beyond my faults. And supplying my every needs. Thank you Lord. Thank you. God bless you.
0: Hallelujah. I'm so glad that God didn't give up on me. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad for his grace and his mercy. The song said there's nothing better. Then no. you Thank you for tuning in to Second Chance Church, The Praise Factory.